Hi there, this is Manu Bennett. Uh, you may or may not know that I played Billy Kitka in 30 Days of Night, horror film from 2007 with Josh Hartnett. Uh, if you don't know that and you need to know more facts about horror movies, tune into Don't Go Out There. I'll say it again. Don't Go Out There, horror movie review podcast. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, and Mike, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. I'd like to welcome you all back. Um, tonight, we're recording uh, another film that's not really a slasher movie at all. It's kind of a kind of been a, somewhat of a breath of fresh air, I guess, for maybe some of the hosts and the listeners. Um, we actually got a lot of uh, good feedback from Amityville Horror about, you know, swapping it up from a slasher. So that's good. And we're going to keep doing that, y'all. We're going to keep, you know, um, uh, you know, we're not going to only do slashes. We're going to, you know, bounce around the whole horror genre. And you're going to see that within the next few weeks. But tonight we are reviewing, this is episode nine. Tonight we're reviewing my man, Brian. He picked 30 Days of Night. And sorry for missing last week, but not really. But not first really. of all, I just, as a, you know, I, I, as all three of us co-hosts besides Brian, we'd all like to congratulate yeah. Uh, Brian on the new addition to his family. Um, appreciate we're very, it. Appreciate we're it. very grateful for uh, you know a safe uh, delivery and the family's all doing good. They're back home, so that's awesome. So if we're ever going to miss uh, episodes, guys, I, I like it for be for good reasons. No, no bad news for none of us. So that's a good thing. If, if I'm slow in my words tonight, it's not because I'm drunk. It's because I'm really tired. <laughs> I'll do one. will do that to you. <laughs> Before we jump into the review, we're going to, I want to announce, um, I have a trivia question at the end of this show, so stay tuned for that. If you get the first person to tweet the correct answer to the account, we'll win a free t-shirt. And um, just giving everyone a heads up, we have not only a Twitter account now, but we have Facebook and Instagram. Just uh, search for Don't Go Out There on those two uh, social medias and you'll find us. But um, yeah, so this is a different movie. I hadn't seen this movie until this past week. Um, you know, I'll be the first to admit I haven't watched a ton of, you know, the vampire movies, you know, subgenre of horror. I've seen um, really the only one I've seen is Underworld Rise of the Lycans. I haven't even seen all of the Underworld films. So tonight was the first time I saw this mo- or, you know, this week was the first time I saw this movie. But I really, you know, it was good. It, you know, it's something I'm not really used to, but I really enjoyed the film. Um, uh, Mike, what's your uh, general thoughts on this film real quick? So I, I saw this one time. Um, again, this movie came out right around the time I got back, if you will, or actually got into horror. You gotta remember, 2007, told my story on here before, Rob Zombie's shitty Halloween that I rated number five for some reason. Um, <laughs> uh, but this is, this came out right around that time, and, and I remember seeing it, uh, after the fact, and liked it. But I hadn't seen it since. It didn't seem like something I had to go rewatch. One, it's almost two hours long. But... Um, I rewatched it again this week and I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it, I know some people might look at this and maybe question if it's horror, but to me, they actually did a decent job of making vampires <laughs> scary 
which is hard to do, especially in the wake of movies like, oh, I don't know, Twilight, where they're sparkly. Um, this movie did a good job of making them scary, at least in my opinion. So um, job well done on that. And by the way, I really like this movie, and we'll get into it, because it kind of has two elements of horror. It's got vampires, killer vampires, and it has the winter, the cold, the dark, the yeah, night. Yeah. And that alone can, that can kill you along with the vampire. So it has two elements of danger, and I like that. Go ahead, Drew. We'll let Brian go last like we let you go last. Uh, I've seen this movie probably four or five times, maybe maybe a little more than that, but I've seen it a few times. But I'd rewatched it. Matter of fact, me, my wife, and my daughter, my daughter who loves horror, decided to watch it this afternoon before we went to dinner. And uh, it was good. I, I enjoyed watching it again. It's a movie I'd, I would watch again. It's not a movie I'm going to go searching for. Um, I'm one of them... <laughs> I'm one of those guys, Mike, we're just, just talking about where, you know, you might question if it's horror or not. Uh, I have a very, like, <laughs> specific type of bar that, you know, my horror movies have to hit for me to the say. Blob. That's but that's the just me. We, like we said before, that's just me. You know, I have a certain bar that I like to, uh, which is fine. But I enjoyed the movie overall. Uh, it was good. It was good moments of, uh, you know, got the heart pumping, uh, you know, what to do. And another Another thing, of like with the he was talking about the the horror parts of it was like the stalker mentality because you know the vampires kind of had that stalker mentality in in throughout the town, but uh, yep, it's it's good. I liked it. All right, Brian, let's uh, go ahead and give us your general thoughts and just tell us why you picked this as well. Um, well, it's my favorite vampire film. Um, I know that they've made some sequels. Actually, they made another sequel with a continuation of Melissa George's character. Stella in this one, she was recasted though, and it was terrible. But it was uh, awful. you know, Never and that, and that, the, and this, yeah, and and this movie is actually based on a graphic novel, which I haven't read either. But um, you know, I just I think the pitch of this movie, like you know, taking place in the like thirty days of Alaskan polar night, you know, in a small isolated town, it's it's simple, but I really think it's brilliant and it's something different, you know. And you know, most vampire movies, you have to survive just overnight. This is, you know, a whole month, a full month until sunlight comes back. So, you know, this is this isn't your typical vampire movie. It's vampires cutting loose. You know, it's not the hiding in the shadows, the hiding their existence. You know, vampires. These aren't these aren't your Anne Rice interview with the vampire romantic ones. These are right. these are <laughs> apex killers, apex killers who are basically in Disney World. Right. So, um, you know, and they're here to have fun and kill people. And I really I really think that the cinematography in this movie is what catches, oh, what really excellent. what really. I think gives me the I, that's what makes me really like this movie a lot. Um, I think that probably everybody's on edge right now wanting to know Mike's take on the final girl on this movie because, you know, he, he has he has a take on every final girl. So so I would love to know. I'm, I'm holding off because I'm just did we're going to get into Stella. Hey, we're going to get into Stella. I know some of you guys, you know, earlier in the week were like, I'm going to have a hard time remembering their names. I didn't have a hard time remembering her name. <laughs> uh, real quick, though, to, to piggyback off of something you said, and we can start you know, breaking down the scenes, but excuse my mic. Um, this actually, Okay, so the writer, he had heard of this town in Alaska, I believe at Barrow, Alaska, where it's yep. dark for 60 days, and he, the first thing he thought of was vampires, which is a really unique concept. I don't really know why your mind would go there. But like you said, normally it's 24 hours, sun comes back up. Here, it's 30 days. 
And so that's actually a really unique concept that he came up with. I believe it actually has some comic book. Uh, um, it was written as a comic. Right. So it started out as a comic book, ended up a graphic novel. This thing kind of floated around uh, Hollywood for like, uh, what, six, seven years, eight years yep. before somebody, uh, Sam Raimi, and then finally picked it up. So uh, really cool backstory there. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I picked this movie and I really love it. But, you know, I'll be the first to tell you that there are definitely some cons in this movie that, you know, I'll tell I'll <laughs> I'll get into, too. But I, I definitely agree with some of the cons that everybody's going to have. Before we jump into the uh, review, guys, um, one thing I thought caught me uh, that I didn't catch at first, but after I kept looking at it, I was like, this main girl looks familiar and it ties into the last week. This is the um, this is. You know, from the Amityville Horror, she from the remake. She, you know, she was uh, yep, she was Kathy uh, in that film. I was like, okay, okay, good I remember her good now. Catch. Good catch. But um, until we review that movie, got some I'm gonna to I'm gonna be honest with my co-host and the listeners. Um, this movie was kind of hard for me to remember all of the characters' names. So yeah. uh, if I do apologize if there are any super diehard uh, <laughs> Thirty Days of Nights fans who t- uh, who tune in, um, and um. So if I, was, I, if I if I get a character's name wrong, I apologize. Drew, and you threw that up. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. But and, you uh, threw that up on the screen. It's three characters worth remembering names of. Sorry. Oh. Now there's some really good characters, but there's three you really need to know. Sorry. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. That's true. And um, I'll be honest. This was kind of. I told Brian this too. This was kind of the hardest movie for me to take notes on. You know, I had to rewind a lot just because. I'm not going to, you know, jump to my criticisms right now, but it kind of just bounces around a lot. But um, that doesn't take it. That doesn't take away from the actual, you know, of what it's doing, you know, in this movie. But I'm going to go ahead. Let's go ahead and start this review. Um, the very beginning of the movie, you just get kind of like a, um, like a scenic view and it just has some captions come up. It says Barrow. I think it's Barrow, Alaska. It says it's the most northern town in the U- United States. It's isolated in 80 miles of road wilderness. And it's in every winter, there's 30 days of nights. That's how it starts off. And the film starts with um, this guy just walking through the Arctic tundra. And this guy is also, he's going to be known as, uh, his only name on IMDb was just The Stranger. Um, it's, and the, and, you know, the caption comes on the screen says, it's the last day of sun. And then it's, uh, you know, he's walking around. He sees like these ships, abandoned ships everywhere. And now we're with Eben and Billy. And big shout out to Billy. I'm going to give him a lot of praise later, but he's from one of my favorite shows of all time. And, you know, they just find, they find something kind of weird just out in the middle of uh, nowhere. They just find a a pile of burned cell phones everywhere. You know, they start discussing, you know, what caused it. Was it kids playing a prank? Was it this? Was it that? They can't really figure out why there's just this little pile of burnt cell phones everywhere. Then, you know, they just have some, you know, generic conversation about this being the last day of sun. Now we're back at the fire department and we're introduced to Stella and we're made aware that she and Eben are husband and wife, but they're, they're going through some, some relationship problems. So she, she says they're separating and she's getting ready to leave town. And now, you know, then, then we, it kind of transitions to where we see like, you see a hand holding a big bladed, a big knife and it's killing like these sled dogs. You know, they're just barking at uh, the person you know, killing the dogs, and and then then it just, it, this is what I was talking about, it just keeps, it jumps from, see, like, these little small scenes, like, and after you you see the blade, you know, the knife killing the sled dog, now we're, now even, 
is talking to this guy, Bo, and, you know, he's just working on his truck, and then he says, hey, man, I got to cite you for leaking all this oil all over the ground, and, you know, Bo's like, man, why you got to do that to me and all that? Then, then uh, Eben gets back in the truck. Billy's like, man, why'd you do that? And he's like, well, I just wanted him to feel included in the city because he lives so far away. Then he gets a, even gets a radio call that something happened to uh, all these dogs. See, and then it just then it cuts to Stella. She's driving, and then all of a sudden she's hit by this vehicle with like a big saw on the front. It looks like a big chainsaw or something on the front of it. I don't I don't know what that's about. But well, she use gets it hit. good later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's used very well later. Stella, her car is hit by um, that, that big. It looks like a bulldozer with a chainsaw on the front. You know, the dude jumps out, and makes sure she's okay. Um, she calls even, you know, tells him what happened, but you know, even's like, Oh, so you didn't want to talk to me. So even just kind of cons off. Hey, go. He said, Hey, Billy, go pick up, uh, Stella. She got into a wreck, take her to the airport. Um, Brian, do you want to give your quick thoughts on those few scenes real quick? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, I mean, first off, I'll go ahead and give my con and there's only one con that I have about this movie, but it's probably the biggest one and can explain probably most of everybody else's if I'm going to say it, but I mean, I would have liked to have seen it looked it's it's almost like it's too compressed. It's almost like it's too compressed for a movie. And I almost feel like that this would make a really good TV series. You know, I would have liked to have seen more, you know, survival. It's almost like this would have would have uh, fit TV better because it's almost it's the opposite complaint I had about last week's where <laughs> last week's I felt it was too long and sure, could have been yeah. progressed more. This movie, I really feel like could have gone another you know, eight or nine episodes of, of an hour, honestly. I mean, you could have built up all of these characters a lot more. Walking um, Dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it could have been, you know, a, a Walking Dead before Walking Dead was, but, you know, probably more hardcore, like an HBO type or something. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the opening here, I don't, I don't think, it's not some big opening, but it really, it does a good job to me, and you don't even really figure it out until later, but it does a really good job of establishing and establishes a lot of stuff that has a lot of payoffs later. Mm-hmm. And I really and I really like that. Uh, I will go ahead and give a shout out to the graphics people because like the opening, just the very, very opening with the Columbia statue and it being pitch dark. I, I really liked the graphic work right there, too. Um, as far as the the first couple of scenes, you know, the burning satellite phones and stuff. It's a lot of things that older movies didn't really have to explain, whereas you know, you could say, oh, well, if they had cell phones, half of these horror movies, you know, would have never even happened. But, you know, this they have to explain how to get away satellite phones, you know, how they how to cut off all their escape. So, like I said, I, I really feel like that it does a good job of of kind of setting, establishing what's going to happen later. Go ahead, Mike. Everything you said, 100 percent agree with, including the con. Something I really did like, though, is it does a good job of kind of setting up. Hartnett's character of being the good guy in a way like how he just kind of wants to make him feel included in the town like okay you have I mean he's not like the perfect person or anything but you have an established good guy that you can kind of get behind throughout this movie um and that and you and you see it right away he's the sheriff he cares about the people of the town he cares about the town and so I think this you know first couple scenes while not uh like a big time opening or anything they do a good job of 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 setting up some characters like Brian said that pay off later down the road. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Um, even as you know, I'm glad you brought, he is the sheriff in town. Go ahead, Drew. Uh, my same notes is kind of, I mean, my same impressions of the beginning is the same way as like, uh, you know, there's a lot of, 
setting up of what they're trying to do. And if you're not really paying attention to it, you're just like, okay, what does that got to do? But it doesn't really register until you get to when it starts coming in. And you're like, oh, shit. That's why they did that. That's why they did this. So it plays it plays a good role to set up in the beginning, but it really pays off in the middle and towards the end of uh, the movie. And um, I'm gonna read these next few scenes, but I'll, I'm glad Brian touched on something. This probably would have been a really good, you know, one season. You know, right. if you made Mini it to like, yeah. like a TV program, like a one season, because it just jumps from like cut to cut to cut to cut so fast. There's not. And I'm not criticizing the movie because the film is good. And then, you know, we'll get deeper into that. But it doesn't really, you know, give us a of what 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 brought these van, what brought the uh, what mm-hmm. happened with, you know, their relationship. But so the next scene, it just shows up, you know, even shows up to John's house and he sees all the dogs are died. John, you know, him and John are talking and, and then even tells him, he's like, you know, th- these these um, these dogs were killed recently. So he's like, I'm going to do my best. You know, I'm going to figure out what happened to them. And, you know, even gets back to the station. I think uh, that's his brother who's there. And I, and Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that his mom that works there as well? Who's the, the lady at the station? Is that his mom and brother? I think it's his grandma and brother. Maybe grandma, okay, okay. Yeah, grandma and brother. Yeah, grandmother and brother. Okay. You know, and, you know, they get a, the grandmother tells them, you know, that there has been some vandalisms in town. And um, so, and now it says Billy, you know, he goes and he gets still to the airport. And, you know, the worst thing that could happen to you when you're stuck in Alaska, the freaking airport's already closed. So it's how she's like, now she's pissed because she can't leave. She's like, oh, great. Now I'm stuck here for 30 days of night. You know, and she gets, uh, I wrote down Stella and even they obviously have a lot of problems going on between them. Um, Even he goes to, after this, even goes to uh, this guy Wilson's business. And like, there's this thing that we're going to see later that uh really fucks some people up it's like he's got like this big machine it looks like just like a big wood grinder maybe I, i'm not sure what exactly it is but it looks like a big grinder they choose and, to crush up the ice and snow in the middle of the road so the snow plows can go through okay yeah yeah okay so yeah crusher grinder and you know wilson he you know he, he he's telling us like what you know so i guess he's the one complaining about the vandalism he's pissed off about it and then th- this is where you know you start seeing um some uh some violence and some gore happened so we cut over to this guy gus and i guess he's the watchman of the satellite tower and you know, he's inside he's listening and he hears some noises outside and you know well the first thing you don't do in a horror movie is you go check out the noise don't but, go out know, there go, that's right you don't, don't go, go out, out there, there. <laughs> shameless plug but you know gus yes. goes outside he's got his uh he's got his big flashlight looking around and then then the camera this is i thought it was a pretty cool shot honestly um it shows like these 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 things circling him and you can tell just by looking at it it's not just one person you see all these different things uh search like circling him then he starts getting attacked and uh yeah the the these vampires um they hack this guy they bite his neck and uh that's when we're first kind of introduced to the vampires i'm gonna read this next scene i'm gonna get you guys thoughts now we're at the diner and the guy we i told y'all about at the very beginning of the film the stranger he uh he he looks uh pretty um he's a sketchy looking character. He's that guy at the restaurant, you know, he's the guy at the Waffle House being real loud, being real weird. He he asks the waitress for whiskey and she's just kinda like, huh? Then he's like, Never mind, just bring me a bowl of raw hamburger meat. <laughs> then, you know, it kind of zooms in like <laughs> like on the first Friday the thirteenth, it zooms in on his teeth. Um, you see his teeth and it's like, ooh, 
something ain't right with this man's teeth. You know, and even shows up and he tells him, hey, man, we don't need no trouble. Let's go outside. Let's talk about this. But um, the stranger starts getting kind of physical and he's ready to like, you know, he's probably about to fight or attack even. But Stella gets right up behind him and puts a pistol to his head. They arrest the stranger. Then, then this is where uh, this is this is one of my uh, favorite scenes. Honestly, after after they arrest the stranger, we flash to these three oil workers. You know, it's two guys and a girl, and I'm pretty sure um, these two guys are uh, running a train on this girl every night after work. But you know, they're just taking turns saying, "Hey, which house are we going to?" You know, which house are we going to? And then the girls, you know, they start playing. I think rock paper scissors, something like that. But then all of a sudden, as they're walking to their car, the one dude just gets grabbed and snatched out of nowhere and, like, ripped into this garage. Then the the other guy and the girl are like, uh, dude, what just happened? Then, you know, they show where the body is thrown back into their feet or whatever. And you see he's got his neck bitten and attacked, and he's dying, and he's bleeding. Then it just cuts away as into it running away. Um, Brian, you want to go first and tell me about them two scenes? Um, yeah, sure. That girl that, uh, you know, is getting a train run on her, um, really, I mean, I was trying to think, man, who is this girl and who she looks like? And I really thought that it was the the same girl from Freddy versus Jason that looks just like her. It's not, but I had to look that up, and that was, you know, pointless. But just sure. to let you know, that's what I was thinking just then. But uh, Ben Foster, the dude who plays the stranger, to me, like, and that, he, I mean, I think he does a great job. I think that he is like a lot of everybody else in this movie. I mean, you can kind of say what you want about Josh Hartnett, but I really think that everybody in this movie has superb acting. And there, I mean, a lot of these actors, you know, are very well, very well known, very well established. And I think Ben Foster has a very small role in this movie, but he does a great job of setting the tension, you know, and kind of reminding the audience that, you know, hey, number one, there's no way out. And I really like his line, um, it's, I think it's a little touch a little bit later whenever he's in the jail cell talking to Josh Hartnett's character, even, but when he says, uh, you know, what, that cold ain't the weather. I really, I really liked that line. Go ahead, Mike. Um, I agree. <laughs> I'm probably going to do it a lot in this, in this review. I agree with Brian as far as the acting, like the acting in this movie throughout, it's really strong. You don't get that from many horror, horror like movies. Like you just. I'm not saying there's not good acting in horror. There is. It goes underappreciated sometimes, like Nev Campbell and Scream. Anyway, um, right. there is really good acting in horror. This is a, one of the shining examples of it, though. Uh, like you said, Ben Foster is really good. Not a huge role, but his role stands out. And the scenes in the jail cell, which we're going to get to, he's great. And so, again, this movie, scene by scene by scene, as you're breaking it down, a lot of these early scenes... They're they're not like something that I I need to pay attention, but they don't grab me. But they all pay off later. Like there's just a lot of setting up, setting up until you get to like the middle of the second act of this movie. And so it, so really in the first I don't know forty five minutes or so, I'm in I'm into the movie because of the cinematography, because of some of the gore. Right. And, right. and they and they do a good job with the vampires, the look of these vampires. Like they're like. I'm really because, like I said at the very beginning, the vampires can look really cheesy and really hokey, and they don't in this movie, at least in my opinion. Yeah, they definitely. Um, this is a really good. They they treat this movie to me kind of like a, a normal slasher movie. You know, they kind of you know just kind of tease a few kills, and 
you know, right there at the climax, it really, you know, it's all balls to the wall. But, um, all right, now we're back in the jail cell, and even is questioning the stranger. He's asking him, you know, what he's doing, what he's what he's been up to, like, what is your motive? And then, you know, Evan's grandma, um, Evan's grandma says, hey, Evan, um, computer's down. So he's like, uh-oh. So now Evan tries to make a phone call, and he notices that the phone lines are down. And now the stranger starts talking, so, you know, some we he starts saying some, uh, some, you know, like I said in the other film review, with Texas Chainsaw, when um, Uncle Monty, you know, says, you're so dead, you don't even, you know, you're so dead, you don't even know it. You kind of get that same goose pimple feeling with uh, with what the stranger says in the jail cell. Right. He says, they're coming. And he was like, who is they? Um, now the power goes out, and he even says, you know, he's going to go to the cell tower. He gets there, and he calls for Gus, but he sees blood all over the ground, and then he sees Gus's head on a pole. I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> He, you know, he says over, you know, he drives back into town. He sees, you know, the residents of the town out in the street. And, you know, they're asking what's going on. And even straight, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's no bullshit with the crowd he, or the town people. He says, hey, guys, um, I don't know what's going on, but um, if you have a generator, go inside and uh, just chill out. And uh, we'll figure this out and I'll let you know what's going on. So now uh, now we're back to John's. This, the the vampire all the vampire scenes I will admit um, I think all the vampire scenes guys are really good yeah it's the yeah. it's the um, it's the other character stuff that's kind of weak to me but now we're back at John's house and you know John and his wife they're just having you know generic husband and wife hey let's see let's get ready for dinner conversation but then all of a sudden this vampire just jumps into their house and he snatches John's wife out and it's super intense he he lets and they're so fast that he just rips John's wife underneath. Like all of these houses are like built on stilts, I guess, or something. I guess it's for snow reasons or whatever. Right. But he snatches the, the the wife underneath the house. You know, John is trying to get, you know, like any husband, when he's trying to save his wife. But you know, she keeps coming out from the house, but keeps getting snatched. John gets his leg cut up by the vampire's claws. Um, and now we're uh, now we're, I'm gonna read this next scene, then we'll get some more thoughts. The stranger tells Stella that death is coming, but um, now the stranger tries to attack. Uh, he tries to attack Jake, uh, Evan's little brother, but even you know he walks in, of course, just in time and shoots the stranger, and he kind of fall, he just falls down in the cell. So he handcuffs him to the he handcuffs him to like the jail bars, and um, the, he 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 asks the stranger like what happened to Gus. And then all the stranger tells him is like, you're a dead man. So Stella and even leave. <laughs> this is this is another cool scene. Stella and even are in their uh in their SUV driving off. And and even's like, get out, I'll stop, stop, get out of the car. He's like, I saw something. But you then and then St- <laughs> uh, Stella gets her uh, um her binoculars and looks down the horizon and sees and she tells uh, even the exact same line he says, like, get the fuck back in the car. And I'm like, oh, shoot, what's going on? So they start driving off. But um, you see, you know, the camera shot backs out and you see them driving. And then you kind of see the um, this vampire just run up from behind it super fast and jump on top. And it kind of reminded me of, you know, Jeepers Creepers, the, the chase scene. But um, this vampire gets on top of the car and, you know, he's like punching into the roof and they're shooting at it. You know, and she's finally smart, slams on the brakes, slings it off of him. She throws it in reverse, and she's going wide open. 
and it's pretty awesome. I, I really like that scene. They get back in the town. They see the buildings on fire. They get uh, a crying. They get you know they hear all these crying pleas on um, on the radio. They get to the station and they see blood everywhere. The uh, they see the stranger still handcuffed to the bars, and he says they didn't take him. Even ask him, did you take? Did they take my brother? And uh, all the stranger asking, would you put him out of my misery? Just kill me now. And uh, Stella says, don't do it. Uh, Mike, what's your scene? Uh, what's your thoughts on those scenes? Okay, a couple things. Grandma likes to smoke a little pot, so that's yeah. what's up. So that's what's up. Okay, <laughs> right off the back there. Um, no, I actually, re- out of all the stuff you talked about, the most memorable thing for me was the car scene. The vampire being on top of the car, really well done, really well shot um, as far as how they used the camera, the camera work there. I like the interaction between, uh, I don't know, are we going with even, Evan? It is even. even. Okay, even, odd, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like the guy, the interaction between him and Stella. Really, really good scene. Got me right into the movie. And not that I wasn't into the movie before, but I'm like, okay, this can only go crazier from here. And I think they did a really good job with that. And I mentioned earlier, I love the jail cell scenes. All the ones with with Ben Foster's character, I think, are really good. The they're coming, they're gonna take me with them this time, and they and they end up not taking him. So, and and that's a really good scene too because there was a part of me that really wanted me, to, that really wanted, I really wanted him to kill him. But then I, I remembered we're supposed to be pulling for this guy, and he's. He's supposed to be a good guy, and in this case, the most suffering that this guy would get would be to just sit there. And so, I guess that's kind of the the uh, the message of that. But no, um, a lot happened, but a lot was kind of, I don't know. Like I talked about earlier, we're about to really get into the meat of the movie with the vampires here coming up. So this is just kind of that last little step we have to take to get there, and the car scene is part of that. Go ahead, Drew. Uh yeah, I, I like the uh, I like the car scene. It kind of reminded me of the uh, the Matrix car scene, car chase. Down the <laughs> yeah, I would just get up there, grabbing on everything, and shooting through the sit through the roof, and yep. uh, really good. And the the grandma thing, um, you know, with the the little grow house or whatever mixture is another one of those things where it's put there at the beginning, so you can kind of see, and you're like, oh shit, he uses it later on for another thing. You know, it, it's it, it's something there that you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that being a part of the whole thing. It's another one of those beginners that sets it up to use in the middle or the end of the uh, movie, which they, they've they done really well in this. Because you th- sometimes you get caught up in those things and you're like, well, oh, they could have done without that. They could It could have just been a part of it, you know, in the middle of the movie. But, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the car, the car scene. Go ahead, Brian. Um, I'll say... I mean, I didn't hate it, but the jail scene to me is sandwiched in between two really amazing yeah, scenes. That's and true. The ja- and the jail scene in this one, this jail scene to me, just kind of, it was almost like it was the writing for some reason. It was almost like either it went from, you know, one to a hundred super fast, but it was, I don't know, the emotion wasn't right. I didn't feel the emotion that they were really conveying in this, especially Hardnet's character. So, I, I mean, I just, it was a little bit meh, but like I said, and like you guys said, it's sandwiched to me in between really two really amazing scenes. And the next scene to me is my favorite one in the whole movie. So, 
Um, I really did like the the second scene in the jail where he's trying, uh, or, or I guess the last. Well, well, we're not there yet, so I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'm getting the two confused. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's no problem. Now, now the vampires more. are super cool. The lead vampire, his name is Marlo. Um, mm-hmm. Now we're the vampires. Marlo, he's their leader. You know, he's telling all of his, you know, his army of, you know, his squad of vampires. He's like, separate them from their head. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Now, now, and then it comes back to the diner and everyone's asking, you know, like, what the heck is, what are they? What are they? Then it shows, you know, the vampires in a couple's house. The, the vampire pins, you know, the man, he pins the man to the wall. And he like stabs like this thing through him. And then the, the female vampire bites the woman's neck, starts biting her. You know, this this is, you know, um this 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 is the uh, the probably one of this I don't know if it's the best scene, but it's the one of the best looking visuals of the right. movie. It is. You oh, know, yeah. uh after the, the the female vampire bites that woman's neck, I wrote now the town is in pure chaos. Mm-hmm. It's like um you know, it's like back in, you know, ancient history, you know, when the Vikings would pillage vi- villages or whatever. The vampires are pillaging these people now. You know, it shows a bunch of, you know, close-ups of the vampires attacking people. It has a bunch of aerial shots of them attacking them. And it's really, really awesome. I don't want to downplay the, the scene, but, um, you know, it's just pure carnage, guys. Now, real um, quick, it, yeah, yeah. Hey, real quick, it was the first sign of 0 to 100. Like, it's like, all right. Yeah. This movie's kicking it up. Let's do this. Yeah. And I didn't want to, I didn't, you know, Drew called me out on not, you know, making the priest not dramatic enough. So I didn't want to, (laughs) I didn't want to not make this film, uh, this scene not be. (laughs) One scene's better than the other. I'll let you have a guess which one that is. It's our Kermit (laughs) meme. Stella and even, you know, they get back to the diner. Even and and his brother, you know, they just get a quick hug because he's happy he's still alive. You know, they, uh, you know, they keep asking, like, who are they? What do they want? You know, they all, they, they all ask, like, where are we supposed to go? What are we supposed to do? Because, you know, they're, you know, they're raiding every, every house. They're like, well, let's go to this neighbor's house. He's got this pull-down ladder into the attic, and they won't be able to find us because it's not hit, it's not visual. So even he's going to go get some traps. And as he's driving, this does not go well for him. Um, they, like, get right up behind it and, like, snatch it up. They flip it over. You know they're they're kind of they're stuck underneath they're stuck inside this uh this uh, SUV and they're like circling him, but then all of a sudden this that guy Bo who uh who he cited earlier shows up out of nowhere and just run he just plows into them with like this uh this truck with a snowplow on the front, and you know the the I guess I will nitpick this a little bit because you've seen these vampires run super fast and catch up the cars but. They can't catch, you know, Stella and even when they're running to get in the getaway truck. But, you know, I, I guess I won't get too bad into it. The, the Bo, Stella, and even they all get to the house. They break in and, you know, they pull down the ladder to the attic. And then, you know, that just shows a couple of the faces they showed. They all got there safe. And um, they're all up there and they hear some screams from the, uh, they hear some screams outside on the street. Uh, uh, Brian, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I mean, first of all, I can't really say enough about, you know, Danny Houston, the portrayal of uh, Marlo, the re- the lead vampire, like his, 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 his character, his acting is absolutely made it amazing. It gives us like an amazing performance here and makes this movie to me. I mean, he gives you a real sense of his long age with just his acting. 
he, you know, and just how, I guess, how powerful he is without ever even doing anything, if that makes sense to me. But I mean, I think that's just nothing but a testament to Danny Houston and his acting in this movie. And yep. again, like I'll say this, this seems my favorite scene as far as I won't, I can't say enough about the cinematography and I'll say it 50,000 more times, but the shot with everybody being pulled out of their homes, it's an overhead shot yep. and almost like it's almost like a drone, you know, where it's just showing the mayhem. There's no music. It's just almost silence. So just gunshots, blood splatter all over the snow as it just moves through the town. I mean, it just, it, there's not even, I mean, the score, you can, it's almost the lack of score makes it even right. more powerful. And I'll say, hey, it's, I will say it is one of the best horror movie scenes by itself, you know, of all time, in my opinion. Like, you pretty much said everything I had to say, so I'm going to piggyback off of it. This is a perfect example of what I was t talking about earlier, where they used the snow, the weather, as part of the horror. Like, not only are these vampires attacking us, but it's cold and dark as shit, and you can feel it in the oh, yeah. in that scene. Like you, 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 you really get a good idea of not just the one horror they're dealing with, but the other one. And on top of that, you said the way they use the camera in this shot is great. The way they they use the scene to kind of kick the movie up a notch is great. And the silence, the silence that you talked about, it it's cold, it's dark, and it's quiet. And um, sitting amongst that quiet is this craziness with these damn vampires. Like you, and like we talked about, the scene, how that scene starts is one of my, man, that, I was like, oh shit. I set up real quick. Cause I, again, I hadn't seen it in a while and I forgot that scene was in there and man, I love that scene. So bravo. I mean, I, I can't say enough about that scene. I think, well, I'll wait till the end. <laughs> Go ahead, Drew. Cause there, another scene might come along that changes my mind. <laughs> It, uh, yeah, this is probably uh, the favorite. I'm gonna say it's probably the favorite, my favorite scene of all of it. I mean, obviously, it's not my favorite kill or nothing like that. It's my favorite scene, the way it sets up and it just gets in there. And it's like once it starts, just grabs a hold of you and just runs you, runs you until you get to the end of it. And the funny thing is, when Brian said, you know, the lack of score, I actually put that in there. I said, the, the lack of music gives you this almost like you versus them uh you know the good versus bad the you know the survival like you're just concentrating on what's going on right there because you're not you don't hear sometimes the music helps you get to the end of, uh the, to feel the importance of that scene and it, it didn't need it to pump it up to where you needed to be in right. that scene right yeah my you made a really good point this movie you know, in a lot of other slasher films, the only element that you have to worry about is the slasher. In this movie, you not only have to worry about, you know, the vampires, but, um, you know, you know for 30 days you're pretty much stuck in a, a blizzard. You have to survive all these days. You got you have to survive the weather. You have to survive how you're going to get food. Like, where, like, you have, there's a lot on these, you know, these town people's plate besides just this actual slasher. So now, now we're back in the um, now we're back in the jail and uh, Marlo, the lead vampire, he's with the stranger. And this is, I think, this is a pretty good. I, like I said, I like all the scenes pretty much with the vampires. It's all great. I love these vampires. Um, you know, he's just talking to the stranger, and then it, it's probably one of the worst neck breaks I've ever seen in, in a movie. <laughs> 
uh, Marlo and the, the another female vampire there, and he just breaks the stranger's neck and kills him. And then I wrote, just wrote down some basic uh, notes. One of the old guys in the attic, he starts freaking out. He's like, he, he don't know what's going on. He's ready to get up out of there. <laughs> but then Stella, she hears noises outside, and she sees, you know, vampires vandalizing a neighbor's house, you know. And then all the people who are up in the, the attic, they start arguing about, um, like, what's the best plan to, like, what's the next move? Because they know they can't just stay in this attic forever because they're vandalizing every house, lighting them on fire. And then... Then they, they see this lady walking through the street, and, you know, they want to go help her, but they also can see all the vampires on top of the house, so they kind of pick up real quick. They're just using this lady as bait to see if they'll come help them. And like Brian said, Marlo, you know, Marlo, I can't remember the actor's real name, but Marlo is really good in this part, and I actually used this gif on the Twitter account. You know, she she's like, there's no one left. There's no one left. I tried. I tried. You know, basically, basically is what he's telling Marlo. And then, and then she starts pleading for God, and then Marlo looks right at her, you know, and he says, there is no God. And then, you know, they start attacking her. But then it shows, even he's outside, and he hears, you know, he hears his, he's hiding around a corner, and he hears, like, his name getting called from him from the bottom, from underneath the house. And he notices it's that guy, John, who was trying to save his wife, and he sees John under there. So, you know, he nonchalantly runs over there and gets underneath the house. Then it just shows the vampires taking turns attacking the lady in the street. Now we're back in the attic. There's more arguing. Art uh, even runs over to John, but he notices this is a really cool scene too. He notices that John is a vampire now. You know, John. You know, even trying to like he's, he he sees that John's not acting right, and John tries to bite him in the neck. Uh, he pulls out his pistol, but um, you know, even he 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 trips over like the swing set. And, you know, John's attacking him, but he somehow gets tangled up in all these swings and even grabs an axe and starts hacking this guy's head off. Even gets back to the house, um, <clears throat> struggling to breathe. This is when I find out that, you know, um, he's he has asthma or whatever because he's just laying on the ground in the kitchen or whatever. He so can't catch his breath. And then, um, yeah, excuse you, Drew. And then um, <laughs> after it shows um, even on the ground not being able to breathe real well, it shows um, all the vampires who find uh, John's body in the swing set with head cut off. Um, Mike, do you want to give your quick thoughts on those scenes? I thought, like I said, all the scenes of the vampire is really good. It's kind of the other character. I was going to say, stuff's kind of confusing. Have, Go ahead, Mike. I don't have many notes on this. Like, I, it's not that it's not good. There's just not a whole lot to take away other than stuff I've already said. Cinematography, the way it's, you know, the the atmosphere, the mood, the vibe. It keep it kept me engaged. But like you said, it was getting a little hard to follow because it's almost like some of the backstory is a little rushed. Like we know the marital problem between the two main characters, the brother, all that stuff. John, yeah, okay. But there's just – I don't necessarily have like a whole lot that isn't on these vampire scenes because to me that's like the height of the movie is each vampire scene. It's not that it's not good. There's just not a whole lot to take away in my opinion. No, I agree with you. It's just like there's a lot of like these characters in the attic and they try and like – involve them all right you can't it's kind of hard to just keep up with like like their story like what they're doing like what their names are honestly right uh brian go ahead what's your thoughts man um i'll say seeing as far as the scene in the attic this this scene josh hartnett loses me a little bit and this is where and i said off air about how good of an actor josh hartnett is i really like him in almost every movie that i watch i just feel like he might be a little bit miscast and this is the scene that really 
leads me to, I mean, he just doesn't, he gives us great convincing motivational speech that doesn't motivate at all. And that's, and I think that's just a testament to the, (laughs) just to uh, do something. Um, It's just a testament to the, uh, to the writing, I think. And, and, but, but Hey, the girl walking down the, the, um, the road screaming, um, it's great cinematography there with the, you can see the rooftop vampires jumping on the rooftops in the back. Like you can barely see them and Holy shit. I mean, the swing set scene, Hey, you can say anything you want, but this damn movie has some amazing practical effects. In oh, it. absolutely. And almost none of it's CG and Holy shit. Hands down. They all look absolutely real. Like the, you know, every time somebody gets an ax to the head, it shows it and they look unbelievably good. Like it's, you know, it's. I really think it's some of the best practical effects in any horror movie I've ever seen as well. All of that stuff is great. Like, throughout the entire movie, everything that we've, like, kind of spoke on, just like we said, it's not that some of these scenes are filler. They're just kind of, you're rushing us as far as these characters go. And like you mentioned earlier, it'd be really good to have this in, like, a little eight-episode series. Like, why this character is here, why is he important, because other than that, I'm only focused on one or two, three guys. Or one or two, three people. So, yeah. Jerry, you got any quick thoughts? Uh, no, uh, no. Uh, not really. Just the uh, the scene with, you know, where she's, like, trying to get them to all come out. And then you need to see there's a tear in her face. Like, you know, I did yeah, what she- you asked me to. I did what you asked me to. You know, it was really <laughs> great. Like, hey, hey, it, was, hey. it was good. It was great. Because, like, you know, you're just like, oh, no, they're not that smart. They're not really that smart. But you can see how calculated this group of vampires really is like he's just like no it's bait that's bait and then she's like i tried man. and you're just like oh shit okay so this isn't this isn't your typical vampire right. that's just going out and going after people and um even though like brian, i agree with you brian on the uh the looks of these uh the kills the practical uh, practicality on them and how well it is this is actually the the this kill you know with the chopping on the neck is actually my least favorite kill of this whole movie well, I mean, there's some other really cool kills. I know. I mean, I know. So it's like, you know, saying, it, right. it wasn't because it didn't look good or look fake. It just it was compared right. to all these right, other of kills through the thing. It was underwhelming for me by the time I got to the end. By the way, mm-hmm. by the way, I'm the I'm an impressionist around here. Don't you gimmick in French? What's wrong with you? I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Impersonate away. I don't care. All right, now. Um... We're back in the house, and the old guy, you know, he he's freaking out. He's like, I'm out of here. I'm getting up out of here. And Stella and Wilson, Wilson is uh, the old guy's son. You know, they calm him down. He just, you know, he goes to the bathroom. But um, you hear a noise from the bathroom, and Wilson breaks the door open. But Stella's like, no, don't break the door open. Don't make any noise. Don't, we don't want to know that we're here. But, you know, he pushes Stella off of him. She falls and hurts herself. And, they, and then after they get the bathroom open, you see that the old man has snuck out of the house. Let me flip my page real quick. The vampire, you know, they get into the hideout, but he hears Wilson out in the street calling for his dad. So he goes back outside. Then, you know, Wilson is drugged under a house and killed. You know, just then the kills aren't bad, but you don't really say it. Just, he just gets snuck. He just gets stashed under there. You know, Stella is crying, you know, with even saying he should have fought harder to keep Wilson there. And then, you know, then they just hear like some running noises on the roof. Now the snow, like Mike said earlier, it's snowing, snowing now. Like it, like none of us in Florida have to worry about this, but it is snowing, snowing up there. 
Um, so they, they know they have to leave for a new hideout. You know, they get to the, they get to the store and they look for, you know, supplies, something to eat, flashlights, all that good stuff. And they hear, this is a cool scene. They hear, they hear the like a vampire noise and they find this little girl and she's eat. I don't know if it's her parent or not, but she's eating like her, an adult. And she attacks even, um, they get her and then she attacks another guy, but they get her off of him. They, they push this little girl up against the wall. And then uh, Eben's little brother, Jake, takes the uh, axe and starts hacking this little girl's head off. And you can tell he's kind of, like, emotionally scarred by it. Stella tells him <laughs> that these vampires can't handle the light. So Eben says, all right, well, I'll distract them. So he runs into the street yelling to get their attention off of him so these uh, other characters can get free. Uh, Eben gets to the shed where there's a generator and cranks it up. The others are sneaking off. Uh, one guy is got by a vampire. This vampire just jumps from the roof and grabs this guy and eats him, and then the rest of them just kind of don't give a fuck and just run <laughs> off without him. <laughs> it's uh, um, and then this is then this the feet they all the vampires you know they know Eben is in the shed, so they're getting ready to you know go in on him. And this female, you know, I guess is Mar. Would would y'all do y'all think this is maybe Marlo's? wife maybe or yeah something like that like that gotta be something his partner love interest yeah so the female vampire you know she breaks his door she's running in but as soon as she opens the door even throws his light on her and like her whole face is like completely burnt like and you know she's almost about to die and uh let me get y'all's thoughts on all that real quick go ahead brian I, I this is this is one of those things where I think that it, it should have been a TV series like yep. the I, I really think that if you, you stretch this kind of stuff out when you figured out about the 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 lights I really think it's good storytelling I just think that if it was longer and more expounded upon more it would have been even better um it's almost like it's rushed so quick like boom oh I I can I figure out that you know these lights are going to kill them you know uh, that you can use these lights uh, you know um you know things like that and and you know, like, boom, they're vampires. Oh, we know they're vampires are boom. Um, you know, this, they, you can get turned into a vampire like this, you know, it's, it's things like that, that I would have liked to see spread out a little bit more. I think. Uh, Drew, you got any quick thoughts, man? Oh, no, other than, uh, really, like I was saying earlier, you know, it's another, when they are talking about, you know, the grandma's, you know, growing of the, the herbal in the back, you know, it, here it is, here it pops up in there. He's using her grow lamp. Very true. To Very true. to take out, you know, right. his right hand woman, and uh, you know, then radio's like, oh, it worked, it worked. Like like Brian said, you know, that would have been that that this little part here could have been like a thirty minute episode. Right. It's really agree, good, man. God. Just this one part right here could have just been a good thirty minute episode of like, oh, they figured this out, and they're like, okay, how can we weaponize this? Blah 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 blah. Right. Right. But uh, that's the only thing I really got to right. say on that one is just you know that you know. They did so well of like putting it there and yep. kind of leaving it there, but not saying, "Hey, pay attention to this because it's going to be used later." But then exactly. gets used, and you're like, "Oh, right. that was okay. That's that's where that came from." It's great Good storytelling. Night. It's great storytelling. I just wish it had a little more detail, like you said. But in a movie that's already almost two hours, I guess they don't have time. Like, like it. <laughs> it's not like the shortest movie of all time or anything. So I get it. Right. However. We've seen longer movies than that. It might have been okay, like to add, a, you know, just a couple more little backstory details, and that would have been a really good storytelling point. Yeah, put it I, in. Ho- I actually wouldn't mind one day. It's been what twelve years since this movie came out. It, I wouldn't mind someone taking this source material and making a little series about it because I right. do think it could be done really well. 
um, I don't know, Netflix or Amazon or Hulu or something like that could do. Really, Hulu does really good little horror things like that, actually. I I think their original horror stuff is pretty good. So Coming I think soon, they would don't do go out there productions. Yeah, no, nah, nah, I'm good on that. No, nah, I'm good, fam. <laughs> um, well, it's kind of you know, kind of like they did with it. You know, they right, they redid yeah. it and you know yep. made it. Well, that was what about a five and a half, uh, almost six hour production for two movies. Right. They could do that with this movie as well. I don't know if it would create the hype though. No, yeah, yeah, they, they could definitely do it with this. Um, right. The vampires, you know, they cut the power off in this house where Evans at. Even leaves and leaves the house and reunites with uh, the rest of the crew. Um, the guy Bo, who's got the you know the uh, truck with the snow plow, he tells him to meet him here and. And I wrote in quotations, he says, it's his turn. Now Marlo, the lead vampire, he kills um, the female vampire. He says, I can't remember what he said. Whatever can be broken must be killed or what, something like that. It's a pretty cool line. I should have wrote it down. But as you know, as he kills the female vampire, Bo shows up with that bulldozer, this awesome bulldozer. He starts, uh, it's got that big saw in the front. He starts cutting up these vampires. He's running them over. They jump all over the, uh, the bulldozer. He's like shooting them with a gun. It's a pretty. It's a really cool scene. It's a, yeah, there's it a lot of action in this movie that keeps you interested. And you know he 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 drives his bulldozer right into this house. Uh, he jumps out and he sees like all, all of them about to attack him. So he takes like I guess it's like dynamite or some kind of bomb, and he blows it up, but it doesn't kill him unfortunately. And he's just thrown from the house. And uh, Marlo, the lead vampire, finds him, and you can't. You get a lot of gore in this movie, but this is kind of a weak head stomp, honestly, compared to like Halloween Tour and uh, the new Chucky movie. Yep. Uh, he just gives uh, Bo one little head stomp, quick crushes his head. Now we're back at the station, and uh, I think this guy's name is Malachi. He tells the he tells all the rest of the survivors he's like he's like I'm ready to die. He's like all the only thing I have left in this world is photos of my family. Um, and he's he's just he said his family was killed by a drunk driver. All he has is pictures. He says he wanted to commit suicide on his own, but he just didn't have the strength or courage to do it. So um, even takes him into a room. He uh, he has the axe in hand, shuts the door. You hear a few noises, and spoiler alert, that's probably my least favorite kill. Um, <laughs> you know the others are the others who are in there. You know they're kind of shocked when they hear the noise of him getting killed. Then the screen says day twenty seven. They look at the window and they see in another in another house they see this light flashing from a window. And they're like, "Oh, that's Billy." So they they all get over to Billy's house and um Billy tells them that, like all their family is dead and they're in the bed. So they get Billy back to the station and everyone's gone, so they leave the station. Then now they're under a house and see a little girl walking. Stella sneaks out and grabs her. Even goes out to uh, fight this vampire. Do y'all got any quick thoughts? Can we just keep reading? Uh, I just got one little thing I want to touch on, just because it's kind of a uh, the guy that plays uh, Bo is. I, I absolutely love this guy. Right, love him. Yep. Love him. He was one of my favorite characters in uh, Sons of Anarchy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he is in that. so he's always been. He's always been like a favorite of mine. And, he was uh, in ba- he was in Batman Begins and I think Too Fast Too Furious too. Yep, yep. And 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 he does got a role. I can't remember what the TV other TV one is, but he's one of my favorites. Like I've always just enjoyed him in a lot of the movies and TV shows I've seen. And I'll tell you this: it's that scene that you say uh, 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 it was a bit. It's actually my favorite one because Bo goes, "You ain't gonna eat me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you ain't gonna eat right. me." 
And, and real then quick, he drops, right. he drops the candlesticks down, blows up, and you're like, oh no! But then he, you know, steps down. And I was like, up, oh, narrowed a voice. He did, in fact, get eaten. <laughs> I was gonna say, I actually love. I I like that scene a little bit because of the the he ain't gonna eat me. It ends uh-huh. up getting eaten, and I really do like that. I also like the suspense of that or the intensity of that scene right before they cut to di- to day twenty seven, like mm-hmm. that. I actually really like the uh, suspense or intensity, whatever you want to call it. So nothing that really add as far as the plot, but I really like that. I like that scene. Well, I mean, I think I think they could have done a better job of you don't know the passage of time except for just, hey, day 27. But none of them, none of them look like they've been there 27 days. None of them. I mean, if if they didn't have that there, you would think it's all happened the same night. So I think they could have done a little bit better job showing the passage of time, especially with. You know, you could have dramatically made the characters look different. I mean, there's hardly any facial hair on some of them. And, you know, hell, it's 27 days later. So it's not like they're shaving while they're hanging out under a building. So, right. Yeah, that's a good point about the, it doesn't really look like they've been, you know, aging at all or, you know, not, you know, super bad aging, but like no facial hair. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. They don't really look that dirty or nothing. Um, Even even tells Billy he's going to get back to Wilson's business where that big ass grinder is. As he gets back, he sneaks in, you know, you know, kind of the the scenic way he gets into this business. He sees uh, his brother Jake. He hugs Jake again. He sees the rest of them. And um, this is, I really like, Marlo, the head vampire, he's giving off his squad to destroy them all. He's kind of getting them fired up. He's like Mike Norvell right now with all of us FSG fans getting us rallied for the big, uh, for the takeover. Hey, Nico. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> hey, real quick. This is like a weird episode to do this in. And I know we're in the middle of reviewing a movie, but I've had this asked to me a couple times. So I want to answer it now, now that you say that. I've had it asked to me a couple times by people that we don't really know and some that we do. How do we all know each other? Well, that's how. We're all yep. four state football fans. We all met online through Twitter. And for those of you who don't know what Florida State football is and you're just listening for horror, it's probably one of the scariest things I've seen in the last couple of years. <laughs> so you should probably try to watch it if you really love horror. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, hey, wait, Nico, I do want to say one thing. Um, go ahead. The scene, I mean, when they found when they find Billy again, the scene where uh, um, basically they find that he's shot his family, you know, in mm-hmm. his house. That to me, like that's a really powerful scene, and I, I, I yeah, Hart- it is. I, sh- I shit on Hartnett earlier, but I think that he did a really good job of acting this scene. Like it really showed that that shit really bothered him to find that. So anyway, yeah. that, that was just I wanted to point that out. No, I agree with you. I agree. Um, Billy, he you know he makes it to uh, the business as well the same way that uh, even showed up there. Even he walkie talkie still trying to make sure she's okay. Billy is roaming around this business, and then he's attacked by a vampire. He's bitten. And then even in the others, you know, they attack this vampire and uh, the vampire gets on top of uh, even. But Billy, he tackles the vampire into this grinder. And then you just see the most, oh, you're talking about painful looking. Billy gets his hand caught in this grinder as well. You know, he and, and Billy, you know, he just sits on it. He sits down by the by the side of it. And you can hear him like screaming, crying because, you know, half of his, his forearm is missing in this grinder now. And um and then even notices that he's been bitten by the vampire. He slowly turned into him. So even takes that axe and uh you know he 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 kills he he has to kill Billy as well. So he could. It's pretty brutal how they show Billy's head right. cut off. I was know, gonna say you know, hack by hack by hack. That was great though. I love that. That was yeah. really awesome. Even right. you know, he even still trying to get a hold of Stella on the walkie. She eventually um 
she 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 that little girl she grabbed they're uh, hiding underneath this car and uh the vampires are all over everywhere you know they're lighting houses on fire um they've lit all the like telephone poles up and i wrote down this is a big chess match between the vampires and even because she stella's told him that they're underneath this car and they're going to either freeze to death or they're going to get burnt alive so even though he's got to make a quick decision um even then it shows even he goes and gets a syringe and uh he take he he removes some of billy's blood and injects it into his veins so he can become a vampire and he gives his brother one last hug and this is we're almost at the very end i'm gonna get you guys thoughts on, on billy's death and uh even becoming a vampire real quick brian go ahead man so that's where i have this nitpick on this movie is because you know i'm you know I, you know i'm one of those kind of sticklers for realism but mm-hmm. you know it's a freaking vampire movie but i mean <laughs> You know, even even vampire movies, you've got the you've got to you've got established rules and all these rules are different in all kinds of vampire movies. This one, to me, doesn't establish any damn rules about like it shows somebody getting scratched. Like, was it John uh, under, you know, and then turning into a vampire. Right. It, it shows it shows the little girl it doesn't really show how, but it's kind of implied, you know, basically you get bit by a vampire, you turn to a vampire. OK, we get that. So. Why does Josh Hartnett's character only like half turn into a vampire? He's like, oh, basically turns into Blade almost from I was gonna say. Blade. And it's, you know, why does he not ever turn completely bad? And why does he not just boom, suddenly start wanting to kill everybody instead of, you know, I don't know. It's, it's like I, I wish that the movie would have established these rule, vampire rules a little bit more. Ten CDs of vampire blood is all you need to be half blood. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, you got any thoughts on Billy's death? And uh... <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't got anything on it. No, I like the. I do. I I agree with everything you said as far as like storytelling and making sense. And you're absolutely 100 percent right. I do like the fact that he ended up having to be half vampire. Like I think it added to the story. But like you said, could be explained better. The only thing is, if, yeah, the sacrifice. Again, we're getting back to him being somebody I can really, really root for and get behind. Well, and I like and that, I, that's, that that's in there. Yeah. And I wonder if there was any deleted scenes that Something, I'm missing. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't watch any of the deleted scenes if there are, but maybe there is a scene where it establishes something and they just left it out. I don't know. Amazon Prime should include the deleted scenes, damn it. Actually, it wasn't Prime. I had to rent this. I was going to say, I paid for this. You got it? I paid it'd for be, this, It'd too. be interesting to actually get a hold of, like, the comic version part yeah, of it. would. That's, yeah, would. You know, that'd be kind of cool. I wonder if you yeah. can even... I didn't even look and see if you could do that. Yeah, and I... And honestly, I YouTube... I, you know, I searched on YouTube about this movie because, you know, YouTube has a lot of, like, documentaries. Right. Background. There's really not a lot on this movie on there, and I, I was kind of frustrated a little bit. All right, so we're going to get to the finale. This is a really, really... You, you, they do have this fight, this final fight scene on YouTube if you guys want to go watch it. Really uh, even leaves the building to go fight Marlo, the leader. Jake tells uh, Stella, um, hey, now is your time to run on the walkie-talkie. Even walks up on Marlo. Uh, Marlo gets the upper hand, and, um, you know, they're fighting. And, and like, like Brian said, it kinda, it's kind of weird. Like, they don't really establish the rules because... Because, you know, it shows even, like, yelling at them to run. Uh, even And then, you know, they're, you know, they're on top of, like, this vehicle. They're fighting and slamming each other's head on it. And then, like, Marlo runs full speed at even. And then even's like, it's pretty cool. Even just, like, super punches his hand all the way through Marlo's head, killing him. And then it just shows, like, all the vampires just running away. I guess they're nothing without their leader, I'm guessing, is all I can think of. 
Stella approaches even afterwards and asks what he did to himself. And I thought this was a pretty powerful line. He says, I did what I had to do. And um, Stella, you know, it just shows her starting to cry. And now we're going to, I'm going to read the final scene that I have wrote down. It just shows um, Stella and even they're sitting together on this cliff. I think it's the cliff where the beginning of the movie was, where the stranger was looking. Um, it's the final night and, you know, the sun's getting ready to come up. So they're spending their last, you know, few moments together. They get, uh, you know, one more kiss and then the sun rises and it just shows um, even, you know, his, his face is getting burnt. He's, his whole body is getting burnt up like the female uh, vampire did in the uh, shed. It just shows him, you know, his body pretty much convulsing, twitching, and you see his face turning black, and you kind of, you feel you feel the emotion that Stella puts out, too. Right. That, you know, her husband is dying in her arms, and, you know, that I guess they finally put all their differences beside each of themselves. But it's a really powerful scene watching um, even die in her arms. Uh, Drew, do you want to give your uh, thoughts on this finale? Uh, I, I liked it and enjoyed it. It was very, um, it had a little mix of everything in it. And, you know, you didn't really, you I mean, you knew the character had to, you didn't know if he was going to come out completely and, you know, live a long life or whatever. Uh, it was, I mean, it's neither great nor terrible, but I mean, you just, you still had an unknown factor to it, which I liked up all the way up until the, you know, put the big ass hole in his head. <laughs> Mike, you got any final thoughts on the finale? Man, I loved it. I absolutely thought it was great. I thought the fight scene was great. I thought the emotion between our two, like, our really our two important characters, like, of the whole movie. I mean, there's some really good side characters in this movie, but you're following these two. And, you know, they're going through their problems. And normally, I'm not a big fan of tying in relationship stuff to horror. Like, I'm just not huge on it. But I think it's really well done here. The way it ends, the way they can, they kind of put it aside. You could tell they still love each other. Maybe they're not cut out for each other, but they still love each other. They go through this crazy shit together, and one ha- one made the ultimate sacrifice. And I think you, you could tell the emotion there from Stella is is really high. She really appreciates that, but also she's losing someone she truly cares about. And again, I, I don't feel like that's the right thing in a horror movie. Like I, it's not scary, but I did like the resolution of that story. And then, and again, I liked that they had to make him a vampire. And by the way, the way that he dies is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not a, like the bumpy, it's kind of gross, but it was really well done. It's cool. Go ahead, Brian. What's your thoughts on this finale? Yeah, I agree with you that Melissa George uh, had great acting there at the yes, end. And I mean, just the line where she's laying up underneath the, uh, the Jeep and, you know, talking to him on the walkie talkie um, and says, you know, I should have never left you, baby. Like that was just a really strong line. And maybe, Mike, you don't really care for it in horror because it's honestly never not really well done that's, ever. Yeah, but that's I mean, true. It's really well done in this movie. As far like I said, I could say the acting a billion times is great in this movie. Um, the uh, the la- actually the last I don't know if it's the last two kills, but. They are probably my my favorite favorites in the whole, tied for my favorites in the whole thing where the uh, the vampire is kind of thrown into those turret turrets you know right when with Billy there uh, the the deputy kill there that's, that's probably my favorite one and then the big bad you know Marlo being punched through his, the back of his head practical effects absolutely amazing um, but yeah that's my thoughts on it yeah I'm gonna jump into some fun facts y'all cool with that y'all got any right down I got a few yeah, right down I got I got a couple of mine okay go ahead y'all. 
All right, hopefully I don't steal y'all's, but I just wrote a few down I saw on IMDb. Um, the vampires speak a completely original language. It was created for the film mm-hmm. with the help of a linguistics professor at a New Zealand university. Um, it was shot mostly in New Zealand. Nearly half the cast is Kiwi or Australian. Um, Josh Hartnett did all of his own stunts. Melissa George did most of her own driving. And the last fun fact that I wrote down was all the snow in the movie was actual snow. I thought that was kind of cool. Huh, I did not know that. Um, Drew, you want to read your uh, fun facts? Uh, that you got? The only one I got really on here is, uh, you know, they produced this on a budget of $30 million and gross 75 just on a and just because it was only ran for six weeks. Wow. But it come back wow. with 75. It was only ran for six weeks. That's To me, it's kind of impressive. Oh, yeah, I agree. And then, you know, the sequel was, the sequel was made in 2010, and it went straight to video. <laughs> and that, yeah. man, it's crazy, because <laughs> sequels are weird, man, especially in horror. Because, you know, we kind of talk about a, a lot of sequels on this show. We haven't reviewed a lot of sequels yet, but we're going to. But we've had, you know, well, we got, I don't want to spoil anything. But anyway, we've touched on some sequels, and, and some are really good. And some are just complete and total dog shit. And I haven't seen... I haven't seen the sequel to this, but you kind of make me want to watch it. I it has, just want to just watch it just for shits and giggles. It's I'm got really lie. bad reviews. Oh, it's terrible. I got to know. <laughs> I have to know now. Is it so bad it's good or is it just bad? I mean, That's it went I straight to video after grossing $75 million, So the second one's got to be pretty bad if it went straight to video. Well, I've and seen it bo- it's so bad it's good before, though. Well, it bothers <laughs> me too that, that Melissa George didn't come back. So it's her character, but it's recast. Oh, so by the way. How do I feel about this final girl? I remember her name. That's all you need to know. <laughs> true. It's true. And Mike, do you got any fun, uh, fun facts? I ended up not having any fun facts. You got, I saw some of the ones you guys put down, and I just didn't get a chance to write them down. So I'm glad somebody at least said something. But no, man, I, I don't really have any on this movie. All right, Brian, read your final, uh, your fun facts. I've got a few. Um, Mike mentioned earlier about how, you know, he really liked how you felt the cold and felt how it was outside. But uh, and actually, most of the film was filmed during the day, and they actually color graded it to make it look like it was nighttime. So I thought that was pretty oh, cool. Crazy! That's awesome. Um, you would have never Josh, been able to tell. I couldn't tell that. Right. Well, and Josh Hartnett apparently was sick with mono for most of the filming in this movie too. Um, uh, and the last thing that I, the last thing that I thought was pretty cool was that the, uh, in the graphic novel the story that the head vampire actually travels to this town to stop the rest of the vampires because he believes that attack an attack of this magnitude would, you know, draw too much attention and expose the vampires. So, I mean, that's actually that's a good storyline. They should have done that in a damn sequel. You idiots. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, it smokes. Yeah. Anyway, that's all the, uh, that's all the fun facts I had. Uh, Mike, do you want to do your favorite kill, at least favorite killing rating first? the deep breath my favorite kill my favorite kill is man it's tough just for the scene being so good my favorite kill is i mean i'm having a hard time remembering characters names you have to forgive me here i don't even know if we learned their names but the couple in the house that's my favorite kill like that those two uh those two being killed i love that uh, that's my favorite kill. My least favorite kill is probably the axe. Although my tie for favorite kill is is Bo getting his head chopped off, just because it's so damn brutal. The way that it, it's very very brutal. 
But uh, my least favorite kill is probably the uh, the one we've already talked about that that Brian liked and nobody else did. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, my rating, my rating is probably about a seven point five. Really good. Um, I was entertained by it, and it never dipped off for me. I, I know we've talked about some of the scenes being a little bit not unnecessary, but just kind of confusing the plot line, at least in my opinion, kind of an ebb and flow, ebb and flow. But I really enjoyed it. I thought the gore is good. I like the plot. And by the way, you got to do a lot of work with me to make me watch a vampire movie. Um, so when I watched it in 07, I was like, wow, okay. And I hadn't seen it since because, again, I'm not a vampire movie guy. I kind of forgot about the movie. I'm glad Brian made me watch it, though, because really enjoyed it. Again, it's a 7.5, which I think is a pretty uh, – that's a high score. Jerry, you want to go? Yeah, that's fine. Uh... My uh, favorite uh, kill, obviously, is the same scene I was talking about with Bo. You know, most of my favorite because the, the just the "you're not gonna eat me" bit, <laughs> and then it, you know it did. I don't know why that just stuck with me. Like even before, I think I, watching it before, I never even, I don't, I don't remember right. that part. I don't even remember that part, but it just stuck out to me. And then uh, my least favorite uh, scene. Slash kill, I guess, is is the you know chopping of the guy's neck like a block of wood. It was just, right. it was just so right. it just did nothing for me. Just that one, but it wasn't like a terrible. No, but compared to all the other ones in it, that's why I was there. And I actually, for my rating, it's kind of odd because I actually gave it like two ratings because I gave it a horror rating for me, <laughs> and then a movie rating. Uh-oh. You son of a bitch. Because those hot takes. Those hot takes like, we're talking about. Go ahead. I already told y'all. I already told you. Well, I, my, the main hot take, I was like, yeah, this is what I put at the very top of my notes. I said, if I'm going to watch a vampire movie, I would have much rather watch Twilight. Than this? I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm saying, I'm what joking. the hell? I was like, holy <laughs> shit. You're on the way. I am joking. <laughs> you are out of here, pal. I am joking. But I gave it, I gave it a, like a horror rating. I gave it a... Uh, a 5.5, but as a movie rating, I gave it a 6.5. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> all right, I'll go next. That's fine. Hey, it's, it's everybody's opinion. Hey, we I shit all it. over his movie last week. I'm about to say, Christ. we shit all over I know, over right? His. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, all I got you should... All over him growing up with his grandma watching movies. We pooped just all wait over till... that movie. Hey, just wait until <laughs> next week. Oh, man. All right, my favorite kill, uh, I picked Billy. Uh, he got attacked by the vampire, got his arm chopped off in the grinder. Then he got his head chopped off, and it showed all of it, which I really liked. Um, my least favorite kill was the uh, Malachi guy that even took it to the room. You didn't even see yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and I'm a girl with Mike. My rating was a 7.5. Uh, I wrote down that I'm not a vampire movie fan, per se, but it's entertaining. Um, I wrote, I thought Josh Hartnett and Melissa George were, I thought their acting was good. Yeah, it was. Um, I thought everything that, Evan does leading wise is believable. Like as he led the people, I thought it was believable. Um, you know, the cons I had, you know, were their story between them two weren't explained well, but we talked about that a lot during this movie. It, they, they crammed too much in that hour and 55 minutes, basically. Um, I thought the cinematography was awesome. I'm not Brian. You have to tell me if this is true, but I thought some of the sets you could tell were sets like, like some of the, like the houses, like yeah. in the fighting scene, the yeah. houses and the fire didn't look real at all to me. So I don't know if that's, I don't know about that. That's just what I saw. And I wrote down big, this is my favorite part. I wrote down big shout out to my man, Manu Bennett, the guy who played Billy, because 
I'm a huge, huge, huge uh, fan of the show Spartacus. And um, Manu Bennett played uh, Crixus. Uh, Crixus wasn't necessarily my favorite uh, gladiator in that show. But, you know, he was one of the three main characters, and he had a lot of good moments. And I think Manu Bennett is a great actor, personally. He he shows feeling great. He, I think he's a great actor. And then I wrote down a hot take question. Is Josh Hartnett the greatest horror movie hero ever? Because he killed the... Because he killed Marlo, the the lead vampire, and he survived Michael Myers. But I was just kind of joking. Go ahead, uh, Mike. Go ahead with your quick interjection, and Brian can write and give us his favorite kill. All right, real quick. Sorry, I thought Brian had already went. I'm rewatching the movie real quick. Bulldozer, the chainsaw bulldozer scene is on. I forgot to really highlight that. Awesome scene. Awesome kills. Great job. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're all right, Brian. I have, I told you that my favorite kills probably, but I really like all of them. Not, yeah. I mean, I know you don't, a lot of them don't like the access to the head, but I was looking at it more of like, God damn, that looks real. And the fact it that, does. you know, it's not like most movies where it's one swipe with the sharpest blade ever and cuts a whole head off. It was like, yeah, had to chop wood at it. Um, mm-hmm. I would say probably my least favorite kills were all the ones that were off screen. And I understand that, Probably if you showed all those kills, it probably got a rated X movie and the MPAA wouldn't, you know, probably let it through. But, you know, that's I would have loved to have seen more of that, like an unrated cut or something. I would have loved to have seen all those kills that were off screen. Like uh, uh, it didn't, you know, some kills in some movies will do you justice if they're off screen and, and you don't see them. And I think I don't think any of these really did much justice that I can really think of. It would have been nice to have seen them kill, actually. Um, we need to get a listener out there, I think, to to go through and show uh, or and let us know what we rated all the movies, because I would love right now to know what I have, uh, you know, every one of my movies rated because I would be like, Hmm, is this movie better than this? I don't know. Right. But, uh, it, it would, it would help me out right now. I'm going to give this movie an 8.75, which I haven't gone into two decimal That's points cool. yet. Like and that. so now I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have them, I'm going to have them all over the place. But if you got a listener out there that wants to, you know, kind of tell us what we've been rating stuff and, you know, and, and how crazy Drew is rating things, then, you know, let us know, please. I mean, if they ain't said nothing to our Twitter account yet, then I think I'm doing just fine. <laughs> here, allow me to add the Twitter account real quick here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 8.75. I thought about doing the two decimals, but I haven't done it yet. <laughs> I know exactly. I, I think in my head I've already picked out what movie I'm going to save it for. But um, I really... Just want to tell Brian, I really did. I did like the movie. Me um, too. Uh, like, like we've all discussed tonight, I wouldn't mind, you know, if maybe a, a streaming service or maybe a production company maybe pick this idea up and maybe pick the comic book up itself and maybe make two long movies like they did with it or maybe make a four or five episode, um, you know, kind of a, 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 sit, uh, a show and like actually explain everything that went down. Cause they did that with Spartacus after the first season, the, the lead uh, actor, he had cancer. So they did a prequel and it was like five or six episodes and it was really good. Um, and if so any, that, that, and if any production company does that, get Danny Houston back to play a vampire for God's sakes, because that dude's that's amazing. Right. Nah, that's I'd right. get Robert Pattinson. Drew, Dude. damn it. <laughs> Drew still he's stirring the pot on the timeline. Now he's stirring the pot to our listeners. Damn it. Dude, he got me with that. I was like, "Are you are you serious?" <laughs> I, 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 I thought I thought Brian was about to run through the the screen after you. I ain't gonna lie, it wouldn't have been my call, but I would have wanted you off this show if you meant. I would have I would have logged on Twitter and I've been like, "Damn, Brian blocked me." <laughs> um, 
Yeah, uh, we've kind of we kind of got a, a new rhythm of picking movies. We're all going to pick one movie apiece. I might should have said this at the beginning, but all of us are going to pick a movie each week. And then I think you know, for our, our after we do our four, we're going to have a guest or not a guest, but you know, maybe a a, a a listener, maybe or maybe we'll put up a poll of what we should do next. We're going to try and involve our audience a, a lot more. But um, next week we're going to be reviewing a movie Mike is picking. Uh, Mike, do you have that movie picked yet? And do you I want do. to announce it? I do. I'll announce it right here. So I went back and forth. We're kind of in the spirit of trying to do a couple of different things outside of Slashers before we go back to Slashers. Because, again, I think we kind of all love the Slasher movies, the Slasher genre, and the four you know, main honchos, five main honchos, except for Drew, who's on this show to provide balance, which I appreciate. <laughs> so, uh, But I've been trying to go different. And so I really – we've done um, – you know, haunting movies. We've done now. We've done a vampire movie. We did some slashers. I really wanted to go found footage. Of course, there's two. You know, two really main kings as far as found footage goes. So I was weighing my options between two, and I picked the granddaddy of them all, which is 1999's Blair Witch Project. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, I'll have to take some drama some, for a some love, <laughs> some hate. I and by the way, I'm not picking this movie because I love it. I'm picking this movie because I would like to watch and review it. So we'll see if I love it. We'll see. Been a while. Honestly, um, that's one thing I do love about us doing this podcast is it's making me watch movies I've never seen. I never saw the original Amityville Horror, never saw this movie, and I haven't saw uh, Blair Witch Project either. So this is a new movie I get to watch and check out. So that's going to be fun to do. Um, It was almost Paranormal Activity. We'll do Paranormal Activity at some point. That's right. But like I said... um, I got a trivia question for uh, our listeners, so uh, pay attention. Um, in the previous film we reviewed, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, an actress played Pepper. However, Pepper played the final girl in a different franchise. The only, all I want y'all to do is the first person to tweet the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review podcast, the Twitter account, tweet me. That actress's name and what film she was in as the final girl, and we'll send you a free T-shirt. And if we don't have an answer within a couple of days, I'll just tweet it out. <laughs> well, somebody but, um, wants to win this. Come on now, you can be only one of only uh, what five people now that will have one. That's right. Everybody wants free stuff. That's but um, uh, Brian, great movie. I enjoyed it. Appreciate you putting something new into my life. Um, again, congratulations on the new baby girl. Um, really happy for you. Glad you're getting some sleep. Thank you. And um, yeah, we'll be back next week with the Blair Witch Project. Hopefully, I get the shit on it because I don't know about found footage yet for me either. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there.
Sempre de sol.